Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love, and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. Hi guys, it's just me today. Um, Zoe's having a little bit of technical trouble, um, but Zoe is on the chat as well. So a couple of days ago, we managed to grab the amazing Claire Bourne, who is a pelvic health physio. So this basically means that she knows everything to do with getting your pelvic floor back into good shape after you've given birth and also what you can do in the lead up to giving birth um, to make sure that it's in the best shape it can possibly be in. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great chat, so we might as well just get into it. So today, another remote podcast, and this one um, is going to be a really amazing chat. I'm so excited about this conversation. Both Georgia and I have had um, experiences after birth with our pelvic floor and various other ailments after um, after pushing the babies out. So today, we have managed to grab um, a pelvic health physio. Uh, she's Claire Bourne Physio on Instagram. She is mum to two, and she's just a thoroughly wonderful, knowledgeable lady. And we've got her today. Hello, Claire. Hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm doing well. Like I'm in a bit of a four month sleep progression at the minute. Oh. So, um, oh, crikey, you forget this is my second time. And I was like, oh, it's not that bad. And then, woof. Um, yeah. but yeah, I'm generally doing well, uh, considering all the situation that we're all in at the minute. And yeah. at least this time round, you know that the four month sleep progression will go. Totally. It's it amazing. won't last too long. Isn't yeah. it? How just that knowledge of like, this will end just really comforts you. Like as hard as it is, it's lovely to know that. I know I have a kid who can sleep through the night. I will get there again. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so Claire, how are you finding lockdown? How are things? Yeah, you know what? I was doing really well. I found last week really hard because I think just the weather change. And I think, you know, it's just been like six weeks, hasn't it? I think I was sort of like, yeah, I can do a month. Yeah, okay. And I just miss people. Yeah. And um, so I hit this weekend, I hit a bit of a wall and I was like, I've got reset because I've got to do this at least for another month. Um, and yeah, but I think I just keep forgetting to put in self-care things where I'm like, mm. I just need to make sure I've talked to a friend. I need to make sure that I've had some space from the kids, even if I just sit in our room and read a book for an hour. Like, mm. it, 
it's just suffocating, isn't it? That's the thing. Yeah, it's no, it's no downtime. No. I think that's what I find the, the hardest, anyway. No. Yeah, yeah. So, but I think I've recognised a few things that I need to do better for myself, which I think will then help the setup because I've got to, you know, I'm not can't change the situation. So, I, yeah. I think yeah. I think when we had normal life, you know, you could press that reset by going to work or yeah. going to have a glass of wine with a mate or yeah. you know just going for a little shop or whatever it was. But you just can't oh. do any of those things. Honestly, so it's just a constant slog, isn't it? Always. I just it, it does break. Yeah. yeah. I just want to go and have Supermarket a holiday. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> um, Claire, would you just tell us a little bit about um, who you are and what you do before we get into the chat? Yeah. So, yes, I'm a pelvic health physio, uh, which means I look after women and men. I treat both women and men uh, throughout their lives with a variety of problems, obviously predominantly to do with the pelvic floor, but also kind of the abdomen, um, back pain, um, anything pregnancy and postnatal. But my real passion is a pregnancy and postnatal um, and also pain with sex. That's another big passion of mine oh yes we're going to talk about that today yeah um, absolutely that's that's me so so what happens to um I mean so much happens to the female body during pregnancy but are there is there anything specifically that we should be doing during our pregnancy to obviously make sure that our pelvic floor is not completely shot to pieces um are there any form of uh, form of exercises that we can be doing so I think yeah so during pregnancy it's just really important that we just do pelvic floor exercises and I think the hardest thing is that women just don't really know how to do them or if they are we have sort of studies that show that about 50% of women are actually just doing them wrong um so I think that's it the, the best cue that we have most recently from research is just to think about holding wind and letting go and I think a lot of the time we think it should be a bigger movement than it actually is um there is actually no external movement when we do our pelvic floor it's just something that we feel in like more internally um so I get a lot of women asking me how do I know I'm doing it right and there are a few things that you can do like you can look with a mirror <laughs> so if you get a mirror and look at your vulva you should see it moving and let go I don't know if anyone's ever tried that oh, wow. um, yeah, never tried that <laughs> exactly <laughs> um but you know if you're really like i say to women like alter it sounds a bit odd but if you are really struggling and you want to know like you can have a look um some someone put their finger sort of on the perineum so the bit between the vaginal opening and the back passage and feel and you should feel it moving but literally it is no more complicated than just think about holding wind and letting go um but i think we feel like it should be more than that but if you build that into your daily life and that's the key thing because it's not fun really and we don't generally think about like you know we're much better maybe doing a pregnancy exercise class or yeah. you know we boundary that time don't we for those things but like what other point do you like I'm going to put book in three lots of pelvic floor during my day when I'm pregnant <laughs> yeah. you, just, you just don't so I'm really passionate about just making it real life and just trying to associate it with things obviously if you're a mum already something motherhood related or just something at your desk or you know so I know some women have sometimes put like sticky dots on their computer and every time they see it they're like oh that's my you know, I need to remind myself to do it that's but a there's good also, tip yeah there's brilliant apps there's, like, there's an, an NHS squeezy app which I think becomes a bit like an annoying friend who texts you all the time who just like <laughs> um it buzzes like and reminds you three times a day but I think the key thing is that actually if we look after our pelvic floor in pregnancy, again, we have research that suggests that you're much less likely to have incontinence at the end of your pregnancy, so in your third, third trimester, but also postnatally if you've done that work in pregnancy. Um, but again, it, it is, I do appreciate it's hard to remember, but I think the key thing is it's not as complicated as I think sometimes we feel it can be. So we should be doing it three times a day and how long yeah, so each time? <laughs> essentially, again, exactly. So we're meant to basically with pelvic floor do sort of um, short 
and and long. So the short ones being we just contract, let go. And the let go is really important because some of us will end up with sort of a tight pelvic floor where we're just sort of like so good at squeezing that we can't actually let go, which is also a problem. So we often talk a lot about, don't we, like, oh, we're just going to have a really long, weak pelvic floor. But some of us are actually on the other end of the spectrum. So, um, so contract, let go. You do 10 of those in a row. And then you're meant to do 10, which you hold for 10 seconds and breathe in and out. Now, I must say that's really hard. And women that I examine and assess find that really hard. So I would say, look, aim for three to five seconds and try five to 10 of those and build up to that 10 lots of 10 seconds. And we should be doing them in different positions like lying, sitting, standing is definitely the hardest, but really important because most women don't have symptoms of like leakage or um, or like a heaviness feeling, which we might associate with prolapse when we're lying down or sitting like mm. Yeah. Most women experience it, don't we, when we're active and we're upright. So that's where we need to train the muscles in those positions as well. Um, and I think that's sometimes where we not go right, I don't like that's not the right term, but we we don't kind of help ourselves as much as we can because we don't do it in an upright position. Um, but then that's where we're symptomatic. So we need to train our body to recover, um, to, to work in the positions that we are symptomatic. Um, so, yeah. Um, Claire, it sounds like an obvious question to ask, but um, yeah. because of obviously what happens physically to the body during labour, sure. um, is there a difference between if you have to have an episiotomy or whether you have a tear to what happens to the pelvic floor? Um, sort of yes and no. So with an episiotomy, obviously, it's all, all on one side. So um, it's a cut generally on most of us on the right hand side. Um, so that for some women will make one side of their pelvic floor which has got the scar in it particularly weaker and tighter so you can sort of get this imbalance within the muscle um tears of course obviously you can have tears much more on one side than the other you can have them on both sides so it really just depends on the individual but essentially any we grade tears is um and there's four grades so a first degree is like the skin and then anything from second third and fourth involves muscle um and so anything that involves muscle if you think about any other muscle in the body if you were to tear a muscle stitch it back together that's going to create an imbalance or a weakness on one side and I always say to women if that was a knee problem you would totally rehabilitate yourself and you'd get Mm. to the physio and you would do those things because yeah it's natural doesn't it you wouldn't run again without having done your rehab after a muscle tear in your leg but because Mm. it's the pelvic floor we don't quite associate in the same way um but it's equally as important I I feel so frustrated I have massive frustrations with this whole subject because I don't feel like I think our NHS is the most incredible thing you know the way we're looked after um during pregnancy and the post-care in terms of you know midwives coming to see us and health visitors and stuff yeah. but of, of like a women's physical health in terms of pelvic floor and oh talk about goodness. that there is nothing you're sent home yeah. you've got a sodding well in my case a sodding great big tear and, a, and then a, yeah. and then a rip or a cut or whatever else yeah. and and then I'm and then I'm like well what what now I mean my, my I do not have a pelvic floor my pelvic floor is so damaged I don't yeah. seem to be able to do anything right every time I think I'm doing it I might feel like I'm squeezing my bum hole it's not yeah. right at all and I wee myself regularly on runs yeah. on walks if I sneeze yeah. it's yeah. like no one's really looked after me or told me what to do no. so I feel quite frustrated I think Georgia, you laughing? <laughs> no, no I was just laughing I just love I love the way you talk about <laughs> you laugh. yeah I feel like I'm squeezing my bum hole okay, oh, no. sorry. <laughs> well in some ways you're not wrong you know actually that is the bum hole is our anus that's where a lot of the pelvic floor lies but it doesn't I think that's but this is a key message and you represent the majority of the female population postnatally and it's really tragic and really sad and it is one of the reasons I decided to go on Instagram was actually to make women more aware that help is out out there now the struggle is yes 
the NHS isn't able to provide this for every single woman. Um, so the general kind of theme at the minute is if any woman has a, a third or fourth degree test that involves the muscles around the anus, so the anal yeah. sphincter, mm-hmm. um, then they would have follow up and anyone who's symptomatic of incontinence. So technically, Zoe, you know, you should be able to go to your GP and ask right. for a referral. Now, the problem is at the minute that is not GP knowledge and services don't always match up. So, you know, I find a lot of women go to their GP and say, you know, I'm having these problems and they're like, okay, we'll go home and do pelvic floor. But we actually, there were new guidelines out last year. So we have the NICE guidelines, which are basically what shape NHS care. And they state that any woman who's incontinent or any woman who is um, a prolapse, their first line of treatment should be in with a women's health physio for for supported pelvic floor care. Um, Not just here's a leaflet, crack on at home because you know so for you though it might be that actually scar tissue within the pelvic floor is actually restricting your pelvic floor moving Mm, so for you actually you can squeeze until the cows come home but it's not going to change anything because that scar tissue is being restricted so actually releasing that scar tissue and then allowing the muscle to move better would be better and obviously for you if you're symptomatic through running and jumping or things like that your pelvic floor needs to be uh, sneezing yeah we need to rehabilitate your pelvic floor for impact so if you came to me, say, I wouldn't be like, okay, will you sit down three times a day and do your pelvic floor? I'd be like, right, let's get you standing. I actually examine women in standing yeah. <laughs> because we need to know what the pelvic floor is doing in standing. And then we need to gradually add load to your pelvic floor. So we need to grad- gradually do impact um, to get you symptom free. But that process obviously takes quite a long time. But it just sounds like you've never had that person to kind of journey that with you. After Axel, I was the same um, as Zoe. I had a, a small tear and then I just jumped straight back into yeah. exercise. Um, and I was, you know, I felt okay for the first few months. And then obviously, as I sort of picked it up a bit, I was finding when I was running, I was wetting myself and I just didn't feel comfortable like jumping. Like, yeah. if, you know, I was in an exercise class and they told me to jump. I'd literally think, oh, god like there's no way um but then second time with Gigi I knew I knew this and obviously we'd had the podcast and we'd been speaking to amazing women like you so then I knew to go and see a women's physio and it's had such a big big um difference on how I've recovered I've recovered so much better but I think one of the main things for me was the exercise thing and I think um people you know we say you have your six-week check and then you just think okay cool I'm fine I'll just jump back into exercise but I don't think a lot of people realize actually you can make it worse by doing the wrong things so what things should we be avoid like should we avoid doing straight away especially if we haven't seen anybody yeah so you know I think we when we look at things like impact so that's on any jumping any running um I think for women, we need to visualize that an earliest, I say, is sort of 12 weeks or so. So that's why at a six week, we're not then like, and now we're ready to run. Yeah. So, because I would say, you know, the first six weeks, if you had any tearing, or even if you haven't, that we know that it's about a healing period of about six weeks. But then anytime we have any pain in a muscle, any swelling in a muscle, that like weakens it. So then you need about a six week rehabilitation window as a minimum, because that's what we know about when we kind of load muscles, we exercise muscles, it takes about six weeks to strengthen. So that's the earliest point we should really be introducing impact. Um, But there's also been some brilliant new running guidelines that came out about postnatal running um, that really said probably most women are more ready to do impact stuff at six months. um, Because of all the changes that actually occur, because um, 
well, obviously the vagina is more open um, when a baby comes out of it. And it, it research again shows that that can potentially be more open for about 12 months postnatally. Right. So, and that's if you do all the rehab and also the impact is also just much more than just your pelvic floor. It's your glute strength and it's your core strength. And actually those things take time to come back as well, but they also are very supportive of the pelvic floor. So what else is going on around the pelvis? So your bottom muscles, your tummy muscles, um, they all work together. So if we haven't got all of that pictured together, that's why when we do impact exercises or jumping stuff, that makes it difficult. So um, I always will say, but I still want women to hear that it's not forever. You know, I think we then yeah. sometimes feel that we're put in this box of, oh, you're postnatal, that means you can't run and da 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 da. But you, you can, it's just about how we get there. Um, so, you know, I would say that, you know, good things to start with are, you know, body weight workouts, Pilates is a great place to start. Um, Walking is lovely, but I don't think it's necessarily the right thing for everyone. Um, especially, I, I, mean, I don't know about you ladies, but when I had any form of stitches, I just thought walking was really quite uncomfortable. Yeah. Whereas actually, if I lay on the mat and did a bit of like gentle core work, I felt pretty good. So I think it's just us educating women about it. And that's why I kind of put some of the videos that I'm doing up on my Instagram, because I wanted women to see that it's not just walking that you can do, that there's other things that we need to think about. Um, so yeah, that's my general advice is, you know, think about the impact stuff will come, but remember what your body's recovering from. Yeah, um, it's really interesting that you say that, Claire, because I find it fascinating that during our pregnancies, you know, there's a lot of eyes on us and there's a lot of checks going yeah. on and there's a lot of support from people. Um, you know, how are you feeling and how are your back's feeling? And everyone's very aware of <laughs> movement. And and then after you have the baby, people are like, oh, off you go, go home now and look after your baby. And you're like, well, hang on, I've just been through like a car crash. I don't yeah. know. There isn't much support for, for, for the healing process. I know, no. as, as I've spoken about myself before, I, I did feel quite sort of abandoned and very yeah. sore for a long time, you know, with the stitches. And then they obviously, like I had a third, uh, second degree tear and that was yeah. really bad as well. So, yeah, I think, I think there kind of does need to be a bit more of a movement or at least some more Definitely. knowledge going on about what we're supposed to do. There is yeah. a kind of, uh, there's been more money invested into postnatal care by NHS England. And so there the plan is for more investment into this postnatal period from a physiotherapy point of view as well mm. um now i think it will be still a while because obviously uh, yeah, i don't know but in france women get like 20 sessions i know just over the channel it's so close and yet so different um and i dream of a day when actually that becomes a possibility mm. um but i often say to women you know obviously i know that the nhs they can provide so much and i'm so pro i obviously don't work in the nhs anymore but i'm really pro the nhs i'm actually married to a GP so I'm very I know the hard life that GPs have and actually I think as women what we can do for ourselves is actually empower ourselves with knowledge that one there is help available um I really recommend any woman that is symptomatic if you go if you literally google squeezy app directory it lists all the women's health physios like across the UK and it will show who's NHS and who's private and for a lot of the NHS ones it will show the referral route and actually, I think if you can take that information to your GP and say, look, I've yeah. done a bit of my own research and I know that there are women's health disease available. This is how you can refer. Would you, you know, I'm symptomatic of incontinence. I've got pain during sex, whatever. I don't think the GP is going to be like, oh, thanks for that. You know, they're going to be like thankful that you've been proactive and helped yeah. them. The, 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 the pain during sex, Claire, mm. that's, that's something that I and a lot of my friends have actually experienced postnatally. Yeah. Is that all to do with, well, what's that to do with? So it can be a mixture of things. Um, obviously, if you've got any new scar tissue, which the majority of women do, it's like over 80% of us will have some degree of tearing. So that's new scar tissue within very 
obviously um, nerve, there's a lot of nerve endings around the vagina. and There's a lot yeah. of like sensitive tissue. Um, the scar tissue then can become tight. Um, and any, any, if you think about the first time anyone has sex, that tissue is really sensitive, isn't it? So it's like brand new tissue again, needing to be touched. Um, also, when we're postnatal, especially if we're breastfeeding, our estrogen levels are lower, which makes the vaginal tissues drier. So that's for the, for the majority of women, even if you feed for a little bit, that is the case before you until your period sort of return. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's most of the time it's a combination of those two things. The other thing that I think is important to know, and I think this is where a lot of women also feel very unsupported, is sometimes scars actually overheal. So you, they kind of do a too good a job. And you get something called overgranulation tissue, which is it feels like raw tissue. Um, and I have a lot of women who end up with my clinic just sort of been missed by a lot of people who are like, I just can't have sex. Like, I try, but I, it's just agony. Um, so my message is always like, actually, if it doesn't help, if it doesn't, if it's sort of initial discomfort, but then passes, but if it's just like impossible, that really doesn't yeah. need investigating. Um, but for a lot of women, actually, just if you can massage your own scar, again, it just, lots of us just think like, that sounds bonkers. I'm going to sort of massage my vagina. And I totally appreciate that. For some people, that just seems so far from what they would do. But just stretching that um, scar, again, if you think about any other scar on your yeah. body, you have, it's tight, isn't it? And you can see it sort of puckers the skin around it. Imagine that in the vagina. and It kind of makes sense that sex could be quite uncomfortable. How long does it take to heal internally? Because we're, we're talking about external, you know, uh, episiotomies and tears and stuff. Yeah. What about what, what, what's the damage internally? Because can that cause pain during sex as well? Yeah, so, so really any tearing, whether it's in or out, will heal in the same sort of time window. Right. Um, but I think other things to think about is kind of, so a prolapse, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you might have heard the term, it's sort of the fear term where everyone's pelvic floor just like tightens at the word, doesn't it? Like, I don't want a prolapse. Um, and again, it's way more common than we think. And um, it's something, I, again, I'm trying to talk about more because I think so many women do have symptoms of it, they don't know what it is. So for the majority of women, it'll feel something like a heaviness or a dragging sensation in the vagina or um, like there's a, like if a tampon sort of dropped down, that sort of discomfort. Um, so sometimes women, if they have that, might have sort of deeper discomfort with sex because it might feel that something's in the way. Um, wow. But so that heal again, like, so we, again, we know from research that if you have a prolapse, pelvic floor exercises are the first line. And if you do consistent pelvic floor for six months, you can really change your symptoms. Um, but again, not many women know about that. And there's often not a lot of help um, around that. So if you're having pain during sex, say you had a baby, I don't know, two months ago and yeah. it's painful, which is kind of what you'd expect. Most of us, sure. first time we have sex after we've had kids, it's painful. Yeah. How long should we leave that until we go and see a GP? Yeah. Or do we go and see one straight away? I mean, I personally... I'd try and have sex a few times. And if it's just genuinely not changing, I would go and try and speak to GP or seek, seek out a physio or yeah. the things that you can do for yourself. So, you know, one, try and have a look, which I know can feel terrifying after having a baby, but, and just trying to, um, I've done some videos around this, obviously not in real life on a model, like on a plastic <laughs> model. Not just like, Hi guys. Um, but yeah, so videos are showing, kind of teaching you how to kind of release the scar yourself. Cause honestly, women often come and see me and I teach them how to do that. And they're like, oh, I'm fine now. I've just actually learned how to um, and I think really that message should be for every single woman who's had any form of yeah. scarring and and um in their pelvic floor because actually if we do that we're helping our pelvic floor health not just for sex but for everything I want to come um, and see you Claire can oh, I you as soon as the lockdown's over that's my <laughs> first port of call forget going down the pub I'm going to see Claire yeah anybody that's listening that's had a cesarean um mm. can also really massively affect the pelvic floor because Tasty. they're going through 
through you know however many inches of muscle um and tissue and everything else so is it the same for people that have had cesareans to vaginal births so in many ways yes so actually pregnancy is one of the biggest impacts on the pelvic floor so regardless of how the baby then arrives actually pregnancy weakens our pelvic floor so much so it is really for everybody and from a cesarean point of view um so yeah, they, they go through all, all the connective tissue, then they go sort of between the tummy muscles. So they don't cut the tummy muscles, but they kind of pull them apart. Um, but when they're sewing everything up, so from a, the fascia, which is the kind of connective tissue between skin and muscle, that the, the abdominal area is connected to the pelvic floor through kind of fascia and connective tissue. So if you've got tension in the lower tummy, oh, that does link into the pelvic floor. So um, so yes, yeah, so sometimes women after cesarean will be like, oh, sex is still painful for me, but the baby didn't even come out of there. Now mm. it could be that the vagina is dry, but it also could be that the scar is creating links and problems with their pelvic floor. So often I also right. do a lot of scar tissue massage um, to help them. And also every woman should be taught how to, to massage their cesarean section scar. But again, that just isn't done, sadly. Um, but um, there's a lot of stuff that we can do. And, and again, if women are taught how to do that, it can actually then release their pelvic floor, help them to let go and re-engage. So pelvic floor health is important for everyone. And it is for life. You know, I think, again, it becomes really like talked about and fashionable. <laughs> not fashionable, it's totally the wrong term. It's not fashionable at all. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it becomes really talked about in pre and postnatal. Um, but really, it is for life that we need to be thinking about this. And mm-hmm. I would say to women, you know, we are going to reach menopause one day, whether we like to think about it or not. And actually, we need to think about investing in our health for then as well. And when we hit menopause, there's hormonal changes that happen that we can't do anything about. So again, those estrogen levels drop, the vaginal tissues become essentially uh, weaker, uh, drier. Um, but if we've really invested in our pelvic floor before that point, it means that we're less likely to be symptomatic of those pelvic floor things going forward. So um, that's my big message generally. So we'll be back right after this. You can find us wherever you got this podcast. Just search for Baffled Amazing Facts. Now, let's pick up where we left off with our wonderful guest. 
when you go through menopause, that has an effect on obviously dryness we know about and everything else, but also has an effect on pelvic floor and things like prolapsing and things like that. Yes, absolutely. So um, obviously that change in estrogen affects muscles all over the body. And that's why women feel like generally they weaken and they sort of decondition. And then the pelvic floor is no different to that. So there's sort of um, a decrease in muscle mass. Um, So anytime we, so a prolapse is linked to what's going on underneath the the vaginal organs, um, sorry, the pelvic organs, so the pelvic floor, but also it's linked to the connective tissue and the ligaments above. Um, So obviously any change in the connective tissue or the pelvic floor can influence prolapse but it may not be that necessarily a prolapse has just arrived in menopause but you may just become more symptomatic of it because your support structures of your pelvic organs have reduced if that makes sense so sometimes women may have had a prolapse from childbirth but no one's checked them and they've basically been asymptomatic because they've kept their pelvic floor pretty okay or again they've had the right hormone levels but then they hit menopause there's changes in the muscles and the connective tissue and then the symptoms start but I think menopause gets a really bad rap but I think actually a lot of time um, you know, it's actually occurred maybe early on in life. And I think childbirth is also not the only reason. A big thing that I think we need to think about is our bowel health. Again, yeah. I don't want to talk about the best things, but, um, <laughs> you know, if actually all of our life we've maybe been straining to do a poo and things like that, that that will have had a huge impact on our pelvic floor and the vaginal tissues. Wow. Um, yeah. So, you know, bowel health is huge within the pelvic floor um, realm. And actually all of us, ideally when we sit to do a poo we should actually be lifting our feet up off the off the floor onto like a little stool or um something like There's a kid a... step exactly <laughs> isn't it great when your kids your kids are trying to climb on the loo technically we should too um, <laughs> um but you what know how that? kids so you know how kids they sort of squat don't they when they're in nappies they squat and do a poo now when when we when we get into that knees raise leaning forward position it helps our pelvic floor to actually lengthen so there's one particular part of the pelvic floor that links around the bowel so the bowel is sort of at a 90 degree angle the rectum now when um, and that's held partly by the pelvic floor when the pelvic floor lets go it becomes more like a slide (laughs) um and then it's easier for the poo to come out whereas actually if we don't let that pelvic floor relax it's much harder to get the poo out and then we're more likely to strain which then weakens that makes sense so it's hard without a visual thing isn't it yeah fascinating yeah everyone always talks about that first poo as well after you've had a baby you know that like you don't want to go for days (laughs) because you're like I just fucking can't I've done all the pushing or I've I've done you know I've been through what I've been through and it's like I just can't I just can't and when it's coming out you're like oh my god it's like I'm giving birth again yeah Yeah. and it can be bad for a while afterwards like you can suffer from for a while after you've had a baby as well because all kinds of things hormonally hormonally that are going on so yeah I think if you are struggling like Claire said anybody that's anybody that's listening with their sort of their gut health their bowel health and stuff that that definitely think about taking some um um, not laxatives as, as the tablets, but I actually take some stuff from the doctors that I've got. It's like laxalose or something. It yeah. just everything up and makes my life a little bit easier. And flaxseed is amazing for yes. stuff like that yeah. as well. Like just whack that on the old cereal and yeah. um, yeah. get your chia seeds, or if that's how you say them, I always get the pronunciation yeah, wrong. Right. <laughs> all of that's really really good and um again i've done loads of posts on this on instagram because i just want to talk about these things and actually be like we all think like we all know these experiences but we just don't talk about them very easily do we mm-hmm. um and yeah so yeah sort your bowels out bowels are a really <laughs> big thing but as girls we're so bad at it aren't we and we're like oh i don't want them to know i'm doing a poo like i must go really quick yeah. um and actually we just need to be more like a man just take that book that magazine sit on the bog <laughs> have some time to yourself they They do it it all the time yeah they do half an hour in the loo I'm like I'll just do a speed poo and then leg it out of there (laughs) (laughs) 
sippied poo. That is my new favourite. <laughs> going back a tiny bit, can we, um, yeah. can we talk about a diastasis recti? Oh, I was just going to say that. <laughs> Great minds. So, so yeah, so diastasis, again, what a buzzword that suddenly you hear, you've never heard about these things, and suddenly you're postnatal and you're like, the what? Um, so this is then, it's a natural separation. So if you think about anyone's tummy, you've got the six pack, which may have never looked like a six pack like me, but you've got the six pack muscles and they stretch apart to allow your baby to grow. So we, from studies, we know that 100% of women will have an element of it. So it's not something you've done wrong. It's not something that you can prevent, but it's just something that happens to allow the baby to grow. So the six pack are connected by something called the linear elbow. So it's basically, again, like fascia connective tissue between. Now, postnatally, most women, there'll be a recovery of it, sort of seven to eight weeks, things will come back together. Um, and it may not ever be a problem for you. But for some of us, say, particularly if you've had a particularly big baby or two babies, uh, you've maybe had a cesarean, or a baby's been transverse lie where it lies across the body. So lots of different reasons, someone might experience more problems of diastasis. Um, and what you might notice is, so you return to exercise, um, we often talk about like a sit-up move, but it's not always just a sit-up move. It could be a plank or anything, really. You might see this kind of bulging down the middle or the opposite yeah. where actually between the muscles, it sort of sinks into your abdomen. Yeah. So I always say to women, like, it's not something to be feared. And I think the conversation around diastasis is rapidly changing all the time. It came from a very much like, you know, keep rolling onto your side. Don't use those. Don't use the six pack muscles, um, you know, protect, protect, protect. But actually, we're knowing more and more that actually those muscles need to be used in order to, again, recover. <laughs> and that connective tissue needs to be loaded in order for it to get stronger and recover. Um, but the problem is, is because everyone's tummy is different. We can't give any one program to anyone right um because you know if i could write a diastasis program you know i'm sure everyone would probably want it because we, we talk about it so much but everyone's so individual now the principles are generally the same so working on so below those um six-pack muscles and the obliques which are the ones that curl around the side um Beneath that, we have a corset muscle, which is called transverse abdominis. So if you've done Pilates, I'm sure someone will have talked to you about it, like TVA is generally how it's referred to. Now, that is a good muscle to, again, work on. And I, I've talked about that a lot, again, on my channel, just to, to, to try and teach us how to do that. But ultimately, we have to also use the six-pack muscle. Um, so what I always say to women is, for the majority of you, if you, you when you do a sit-up move or maybe you're returning to exercise and you, you don't see anything as a problem, don't stress about it. Yeah. If you are seeing this repeated doming or things one just don't feel right for you, um, then again, try and seek help. The problem is on the NHS at the moment, it's very difficult to get a lot of help for diastasis because of the way funding works. Um, but again, there is definitely help out there. But I think it's remembering that actually as mums, we do a lot of lifting. We do a lot of sort of sit-up moves. We do a lot of awkward moves that we... We, we sort of say, oh, you can't do that in exercise because that might make a diastasis work. But don't worry, you can awkwardly lift a car seat out of a car. <laughs> you yeah. can do a sit-up in the night to get that screaming baby. Oh, but, you know, when you do exercise class, don't even think about lifting your head off the floor. Like, we have to train ourselves for motherhood. So I think it's – I really want the message to be that diastasis is, one, very treatable, um, but two, realistic expectations, um, you know – 
we also blame this kind of mummy tummy just on diastasis. But actually, if you think about how long some of the muscles have got, so long those rectus muscles, those ones that come, the six pack muscles come down the front, a lot of the time if they stay long. That's why our tummy doesn't look right. But it's actually we've not used those muscles because we've been too scared of diastasis that we've actually done ourselves a bit of a disservice by not using the tummy muscles. Um, oh my goodness. <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does, definitely. So if you have got it and mm. you, you can't, it's, maybe it's not bad enough to see anybody just yet yeah. or what exercises can we do to try and get those muscles to 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 sort of is it pull back together i don't know yeah so back sort of, together yeah kind of, back up yeah, so, yeah. yeah all of these different terms essentially we, with diastasis, it's not actually the, the concern for us as professionals, and I know it's not always the case with women, but it's not actually how wide the gap is, but it's what the connective tissue is doing between it. So what we really want is the connective tissue between it generally to be nice and firm. So that doesn't matter if you can fit two fingers between it. It's about it being firm. Um, so I would say, you know, when returning to any form of exercise, a bit like the running principle, it's about grading in. So, you know, you might start with some Pilates moves that gradually introduce. It's all about intra-abdominal pressure which again all these fancy ridiculous terms that we talk about a lot but anytime we stand up anytime we lift our intra-abdominal pressure increases all the diastasis is showing you is that little bit of connective tissue at the front is is weaker and the reason it's bulging is because it just can't fully withstand that pressure if that makes sense yeah so if you're seeing that my my tips to don't necessarily avoid the moves that you're doing but think about we often say think about doing something different so think about okay if i actually engage my pelvic floor does that change the bulge if i think about engaging my deep core so i often describe that as sort of two magnets coming together across the tummy does yeah. that make a difference? If I breathe out, does that make a difference? So it's about trying to do something within that move to try and take that bulging away. If that doesn't happen, then maybe take one step back. So say if you're doing a full plank, you might then go to plank on your knees. Or if you're doing a full sit-up, maybe you'll just do a half crunch. Or you might start in the top of a sit-up and kind of curl down. So it's it's kind of, I always describe it to them as find your ceiling, which you're seeing these things, whether that's incontinence, whether that's bulging with diastasis, and just come one step back. And, and work in that zone and then sort of push on, which I know is quite hard to do for yourself as an individual. Um, but the problem is there are really no do's and don'ts. And that's where I think we always want them as mums. But actually, for some women, doing a sit-up will be really good for them. And for other women, it won't. And for some women, actually doing a plank is better and other women, it's not. And so I never want to say absolutes because actually, I think that does a disservice to mums. Um yeah, like you said, it's not one size that fits all. That's every every female, every mother is in, yes. in individual when it comes to t- comes to this issue. Um, yeah. what, an interesting thing happened to 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 me with the diastasis that I spent about nine months bringing. I had really bad separation, and I spent about nine yeah. months bringing them back together. Had them tested. No diastasis gone. Excellent. Abs resealed. They've actually come apart again in the last year and a half, and I've now got two fingers. I didn't even think that that could happen. But, um, but is, actually, is it firm my, down the middle? It's firm down the middle and then yeah. it and then it drops off and then I can feel a gap, a bit like a big gap. I can get two fingers in it. And my yeah. my actually my pelvic floor has got worse since my diastasis has come back. What happened? So it could be that some of the moves that you're doing are maybe just that bit too so in a similar way that maybe some of the moves that you're doing are making you symptomatic of incontinence all that's showing you is that your pelvic floor just can't withstand the pressure that you're putting on it in that moment of time um 
so it could just be that again your tummy is just finding the level that you're doing just a little bit too high and not that it won't be able to do it again and um, sometimes it's because we're doing certain moves that um, are maybe creating an imbalance within the tummy muscles so it's about them all working together so sometimes and if our obliques work too much that can actually for some women create a bit more of a separation than others and this is where it just gets so integrated and yeah. complicated but it shows exactly for you that that pelvic floor and tummy have such a close relationship um they said to me the other day wow look at your obliques they look really but not really big and i was like go. oh look at my oblique muscles i was like giving myself a bit of a shazzy pose in front of the mirror and that might yeah. be why could be that's the thing it, that could be for you and I, I do see that in quite a lot of very active strong mums sometimes are obliques are firing too much um, and the relationship of that to what's going on underneath them and also what's going on with the six pack is just the relationship of all those things and the pressure that we're, we're trying to maintain when we do exercise um, so yeah that's what I would say if you came to see me I would be looking at all those things how your pelvic floor is firing how the tummy is firing all the all together to try and create <laughs> yeah do you know what I find so difficult um, about sort of recovering after having a baby is that I don't know about you, Zoe, but I, as soon as I, you know, as soon as I had Axel and Gigi, as soon as I've sort of got over that first couple of months, I want to get straight back in. I want to be sweating. I want to be like mm. doing the hit classes. I want to be doing all of that. And it feels so not unfair that you yeah. can't, but I just feel like it's patience that yeah. I don't have. Like, mm, and sure. I, I've been a bit more mindful this time around, as I said, with Gigi. Yeah. Um, but with Axel I just didn't have that patience firstly I'm not saying this is the right thing to do at all but I really wanted to lose the weight I really sure. wanted to mm. and so I wanted to dive straight back in and I'm sure there's lots of women here who feel the same yes. and they're probably thinking right if I've only got an hour in the gym totally. I don't want to be spending it where I'm not going to be burning fat or calories yeah. and it's probably it's not the right thing to do but I'm sure there's a lot of women who yeah, do feel like that and mm. do feel the same if you've got such a short amount of time yeah. to do you know to for your exercise you feel like you want to be really feeling it yeah or and even just go for a really long walk like you know even Claire just said that's not great for some women even if you don't go to the gym or you don't like doing your hip classes even just going out for an hour's walk really really quickly to get some of those endorphins going you know again that yeah. might not be the right thing to do for your body but you're sort of desperate to do something for you aren't you after you yeah. have to be yeah exactly and I think that's and I and that's where I really support women and I, you know having lived it myself you know um I've talked quite openly that I I have a prolapse after I had it after my daughter so I was like 20 I think I was 28 and I was like devastated because I was like, I'm a 28 year old and I have a prolapse like this is this is just it and I obviously I knew so much about it and it was like my biggest fear and obviously I've been on a huge journey over the last three years and obviously going through another birth but um I think for me I just had to reframe things a bit like I used to love to run and I'm not saying I'll never run again I do believe that I will but I just have had to get my sweatiness in another way and actually I think it's just us remembering that work, like whether I, I got much more into sort of cycling um yeah. and so I just got a road bike and I use it on a turbo in the garden I really get a sweat on doing that and I think it's looking at how we can still get that sweat still get that endorphin but in a very short amount of time um and actually body weight a lot of the time we can do um we can get a real sweat on it's, it's kind of how we use our body isn't it we can still obviously hits a really like really popular thing isn't it but yeah. actually you can high in, high intensity doesn't have to be high impact and I think that's the key you can really work very hard for 45 minutes but not be jumping around um yeah. and I think that's that's where so many like brilliant postnatal trainers are again I think on Instagram preaching that that you can 
you can burn those calories you can get that endorphin rush but it doesn't mean you have to do burpees straight away yeah um and i've been doing some of the classes that i know you know charlie uh of bumps and burpees yeah. you know yeah. actually, actually she's wonderful and her classes you know actually she gives him options that like, if you really want to you can do this but actually I, and I've done a few of her classes and I've been like red ass sweating and I haven't <laughs> jumped anywhere I've just been doing you know squats and some lunges and so I think it's just us reframing it for ourselves and actually protecting that time um but I always say to women actually your body will look better for you if you do those foundational things um yeah. in the long run like you will get the more of the tummy that you want because then you come like I've done I've done my hit I've done my running but my tummy still doesn't look the way I want it I'm like well let's just get back to those foundations and often that is what it needs um mm. So it's, it's re- and also remembering kind of what our goals are. And I, but I also think at the really point, it's okay if you want to lose weight. Like, I think there's been this real shift, hasn't it? Of like, you've got yeah. to love your body for everything that it is. And I, and I get that. And I'm fully for that as well. And I want every woman to feel comfortable in her own skin. But it's equally okay that if you, we shouldn't as mums feel like we never want to be the person that we maybe looked like before. Yes. Um, I don't feel like we have to resign ourselves that we're yeah. never going to be that person again. I think that's really sad to think that that's it. Um, but it's how we get there, isn't it? And it shouldn't be at the expense of our physical health and it shouldn't be at the expense of our mental health. Um, yeah. But again, that's the thing. We're not supporting, as you sort of both of you said, we're not supporting women in that journey. And so they feel lost. And so obviously they just go back and do whatever they think they knew before. Mm. Um and then that's when sometimes problems arise, I think. But then they don't know where to turn. And, and that's what's really lonely, I think, about uh, it. And Claire, what do you think about um, the kind of the pelvic floor sort of aids, the sort of the eye touches yeah. and the secret whispers? Because, I mean, I've got an incredibly awkward story about uh, my mum tipped up. My mum lives in Kenya and she was um, leaving to go back there. And she was like, I'm just going to pop around and say bye. And I've got a present for you. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> great, excellent. And she came in, Dilz is obviously in the room, my husband as well. And she's like, open it, open it, open it. And I was like, okay. And she was like, as I opened it, I saw this eye touch, sure, pelvic floor exercise. And she goes, not <laughs> a present for you. Also a present for Dozza. And Dozza went oh, bright red. And she was like, there's no shame in that, darling. Get it up there. And I was like, okay, okay, when are you leaving? Can you go now, please? And I've got that. And I've also got, um, I'm using secret whispers, which oh, are obviously yeah. giggle, um, uh, what do you call them? Instruments. Yeah, wait. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, yeah. I'm trying to focus on those. What's your view on them? Yeah, so there, as you say, there's so many things on the market, and, and and a lot of them are sort of broken into two categories. One, stimulation. So those are the ones that it's like a little um, the device that you pop in, and it will stimulate the muscles to work. Um, right. And there's the other ones which um, you generally squeeze around um, things like the LV. You might yeah, that's that. what I've got. I have to yeah. be honest, though, I haven't actually used it that much. There you I go. need to. Yeah, but yeah. that's the thing, uh, um, and that will pick up what your pelvic floor is doing and give you feedback. So we call that biofeedback. And, and there's obviously different cones and weights and stuff um they're all they've all got a place 100 percent um again what we know from sort of research and guidelines is that they shouldn't be routine um that actually guided therapy is obviously gold standard um i would say to women if you're going to invest in one of those things think about what the price is because often it's around 100 pounds now you could probably do one session with a women's health physio or public health physio for that price yeah and sometimes you'll get way more information obviously from seeing an individual Um, and generally the rule is if you're able to contract your pelvic floor yourself then that is the best thing to just work the muscle work it in different positions work it within movement um however i appreciate that's not accessible for everyone and therefore that's why i think they do have a place um and you know i do recommend them for women so if a woman comes to me and there's nothing happening with her pelvic floor i'd be like right i think getting a stimulation unit is brilliant for you if you're if they're sort of like one struggling with motivation two like 
I'm like, you're squeezy, but they have no awareness of it. I might be like, okay, we'll get one of the LV devices. That would be great for you. But I think, again, it's all this whole thing of it needs to be individual. Um, and I think I get women being like, I, you know, I've bought these products and I've been using them for a year and I'm not getting anywhere. And it might just be, again, like, is your pelvic floor too tight? And you're stimulating it and you're working it. But actually, you just need to learn to let go. And that's what you can't get from these units. You can't get that. Yeah, Georgia, you just need to learn to let go. <laughs> to let go. <laughs> Do you know what? It's so funny. After I had my um, women, my mummy MOT, yeah. she said one, my my main problem was that I can't relax. Her fanny's not quite clear. <laughs> and, and, and it just proper made me laugh because I literally thought that is like my whole, well, it's not, I'm actually not uptight, but I can't relax. I can't relax. I literally like, I'm always... Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I don't relax basically <laughs> yeah. at all. But isn't that and, um, a perfect example of like so yeah. many of us are like, or, you know, whatever type personality where you're just like on, on, on all the time. And, and yeah. the pelvic is very responsive to who we are and what, we, and it's also very responsive to our breathing. So the diaphragm, what the diaphragm's doing. And actually, if we don't actually breathe deeply and let go, the pelvic floor is also going to be quite tight because uh, the diaphragm and the pelvic floor have a relationship, and what yeah. one does or the other does yeah. so um yeah you're, you're so not alone there and I I think personally I'm seeing more and more and I don't know if it's because I work in London where we're all a bit like high-flying not relaxing we're all a bit people. tense we're all a bit tense <laughs> we're all a bit tight um I'm seeing way more women actually coming with problems of tension in the pelvic floor and actually that you know it doesn't mean that we'll never squeeze again but it's like we yeah again learn that let go learn that squeeze learn that let go and it's about that whole picture um, and this is where it's just so much more than giving a leaflet and saying crack on with your pelvic floor exercises because lots of us do that and then we feel like we're failing because we've done the exercise and it's not worked but yeah. actually like there's so much more to it than just a squeeze and let go so every guest we have on the podcast we always want to know what their five favorite products are their absolute go-tos now I'm hoping you prepared these so <laughs> I have I've got a mixture of sort of like my mum ones and my professional ones Perfect. So, um, so from a physio professional pelvic floor point of view I think um getting something called they're called squatty potty so these are these little stools that you can have around your toilet that help you get into the right position um obviously you can just use any stool um any kid's stool but there's something technically made for the toilet called a squatty potty that's squatty always on my list <laughs> um a pelvic floor app so there is a squeezy app that i mentioned i think that is really helpful and there's some great videos on there so that's my other mum go-to um, personally i cannot live without a sling or a baby carrier at the minute like being a mum of two especially in lockdown i'm literally babies in the sling the whole time because it's very difficult to sit and do like rest time and nap time for him when i'm also dealing with a toddler so slings are my go-to what, what are you um, using which one claire so I have one that's called a connector, which is um, it's very much a sling. But I also have like a baby carrier called a baby Bjorn. So obviously yeah. there's actually, if you see a sling, I mean, there's things called sling consultants. I don't even know if you know about that. But these are people who literally specialize in the gazillion types of slings available. Um, one of my friends happens to be one. So I asked her what I should get. And that's why I ended up with these one of slightly more unusual slings. Um, yeah. Um, I've got this amazing thing that I've been given for my, it's called a um, baby Einstein. I don't know if you've come across baby Einstein, but they're these yeah. range of toys. And there's this little star that you can either have it on continuous music, which flattage, which he's just like mesmerized by. We're like trying to cook or he can learn to tap it. And actually I found that this is the best toy for him when I'm trying to do either things with a toddler or cook or whatever. So that's been one of my favorite things. Um, and my other one is actually some good oils for like your scars. So there's a company called Nessa. I don't know if you've come across them. Yes, love um, Nessa. Yeah, right. So they do this like scar, but I've actually used it on stretch marks as well because I've got stretch marks this time, which I was like devastated about. Um, but that's another story. But yeah, they have lovely <laughs> like scar and massage, which you can use on C-section scars or on stretch marks. They also have a vaginal oil as well, um, which can be really good. So those would be my five top 
brilliant i've got that lesser vaginal vaginal oil i haven't used it yet i've um I, as i was I'm moving house on saturday so i've been packing up and i found oh, it and I, like, we, I turned around to dozer and i was like here we go there's another present for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh, I love so, Claire, what's the best piece of advice that you've ever been given or a piece of advice that you would give to a new mum yeah i think mine is always like trust your instincts and i mean that from a kind of your body point of view if something doesn't feel right the chances are it's not so even if a medical professional tells you like you're fine if it really doesn't feel right do keep trying to seek help from someone else maybe like try a different gp try a different physio if something doesn't feel right trust yourself and i also think that's true of parenting isn't it like trust your instincts i think we're so it's so easy to compare and it's so easy for people to kind of judge us on what we're doing but if it feels right for you and your baby the chances are it's right if you do bit if you do co-sleeping great if you don't great <laughs> if you use a dummy great if it works for you trust your instincts because i just think we're so taught to call question ourselves but that yeah. end up nowhere do we so I think trusting yourself is probably the best best thing you know what's best for you and your baby and just kind of um, be secure in that we could have you here all day just asking <laughs> questions but we've got to wrap things up Claire you've been absolutely amazing where can people find you on Instagram so yeah so it's at uh, Claire Bourne Physio so I'm Claire without an eye the Claire Bourne Physio um and yeah, I just share different things about, I'm sharing a bit of my personal postnatal recovery, but also just trying to tackle topics. Like I did a, one on sex and incontinence the other day, because women do have incontinence when they have sex. And I just want to talk about these topics. So um, I know say to women, if there's things you want me to talk about, let me know. I will talk about the difficult things that some of us don't want to talk about. Well, this is why yeah. we love you, Claire, because we're oh, all yeah. talking about those subjects. We, we, yeah. we feel like it's absolutely essential in this yeah, world to be discussing these things. Yeah. Oh my God. I've, the, the, the thought that any, you know, any parent out there is feeling isolating, going isolated, going through these things is just horrendous. I mean, I know how bad I feel and I talk to Georgia about it all the time. She's like, Oh, yeah. shut up. We all know you've got fucked up before. Go and get it sorted. <laughs> <laughs> Go and see Claire. Exactly. Um, amazing. Apart, apart from now, because no one yeah, can right now. No one. Yeah. My door is fully shut. <laughs> Claire, thank you so much. Oh, thanks for having thank me. Thank you. It's just me again. Um, I really hope you've enjoyed that chat. I actually have a little bit of a confession to make. Um, I was probably a little bit smug that I didn't have any um, diastasis recti. And, um, after Claire said about you should look at your tummy when you've done a sit-up or when you've done a plank or whatever, I actually did that today. And I realised that I think... I may have the same problem as Zoe and it might have come back slightly. <laughs> so as soon as lockdown is over, I am absolutely going to go and get myself checked out. Um, but anyway, I hope you all enjoyed that chat and you'll take some advice away from it. And also, um, you know, just don't feel ashamed to ask those questions. So if you've got any issues um, with your tummy or your pelvic floor or bladder leaking or anything like that just know that you're not alone <laughs> everyone seems to have the same issues after having a baby and you don't have to live with it you should just go see your GP and see if you can get referred or if you can afford to or you can find the money um, it's great to go and see a women's health physio if you've enjoyed this episode please 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 rate review and subscribe and drop us a message at made by mamas or on Zoe's own channel at Zoe Hardman and seeing as she's not here today please drop any awkward questions to her <laughs> that will make up for it um, and we will see you next week thanks for listening to the podcast we know times are very difficult right now and if you want any more information about coronavirus go to nhs.uk slash coronavirus 
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.